Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Ew! Ew! Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle. You can find me on Twitter at BallBlastM, BallBlastDM. And I'm Kate. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And I'm Jake. You can follow me on Twitter at Jake Trowbridge with a W. He's back, baby. He is back. You just went to Ireland. You just got married. This is awesome. Tell us all about it. I did so many it. things, like, you guys. You're married. <laughs> you're married, and you got married in the most beautiful mountain hill thingy. Um, it was gorgeous. Mountain hill thingy <laughs> is how I'm going to put it into my anniversary. <laughs> house, I think. Uh, yeah, I came back from Ireland and Scotland. No disrespect to Scotland, but I did not get married in you, so you get second billing. Boom. But we got married in Ireland. It was amazing. This place called Giant's Causeway. It was rad. Uh, I feel like a new man. I'm so reinvigorated after it. Uh, but no, it was it was amazing. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I just got back yesterday. Still haven't caught up on the sleep yet, but I'll get there. I but feel like you probably missed so much football as well. I mean, you were there. It's, it's pretty much the whole beginning of the football season. We're somehow already in week three. I oh feel gosh. like I blinked and weeks one and two were gone. Uh, that's pretty much going to be the entire season. That's always how it is. But we're on week three. And you know what? At this point, I feel like we learned a lot. But we haven't learned the whole story yet. Right? The guys... It's kind of like Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, right? Sometimes it seems like it's, it's going to go smooth sailing. Right? These guys are doing great. But, you know, those are always the guys who end up dying in Grey's Anatomy. And then those... Yeah, sometimes there's a random bomb in somebody's stomach. And then you have yeah. to deal with that, too. And those always live. You know, the, the worst cases, they always live. So The, the people impaled by the poles yeah. on the train. The people who have done nothing yet for fantasy, <laughs> there's still hope. And we're actually going to do a segment on that today. Stud in the mud or just a dud? Um, but there's a little bit to get to before then. Make sure to go check out our website at ballblastfootball.com. We have amazing writers over there putting out awesome content every single day to help you win your leagues and help you get ballsy because sometimes that's what it takes. And not just your fantasy football leagues, folks. We've got sports betting. We've got DFS content. Shout out to Bo McBrayer who has been just lighting it up with DFS picks. If you caught his uh, Monday Night Football article, he selected Aaron Jones as his favorite captain for the game. And my, oh my, if you had a winning lineup, I'm going to guess you took Bo's advice. There's He's no way it. you won without Aaron Jones in your captain spot because he stole all the touchdowns. Uh, make sure to go hit that five-star review on your pad- podcast app. It helps us more than you know. 
Let's get into the news and notes for week three because sadly, it's starting to build up a lot of injuries that we have to talk about. Let's get into it. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Dalvin Cook, battling ankle injury. Did not practice today. Seems like he will play. Are you worried at all about this, Jake? Or is he in your lineup if he's starting? If he's starting, I'm I'm putting him in my lineup. You don't yeah. you don't bench a gentleman like that if he's on the field. Yeah, I think he's fine. He's gonna play. Um, pretty much, Mike Zimmer was like, "Yeah, he he's the guy in our offense. If he plays, he's gonna play. Like if he's all right, he's gonna play, and we're gonna use him." So uh, he's fine. Over 20 carries in both games. He's getting receiving work. You plug him in. LaVisca Chanel is practicing in full after suffering a shoulder injury last week. He will play. Uh, I personally don't want to play him whatsoever. Nobody cares. Yeah. Well, people do. People, people care people a lot. Him. Guys. Jake, I, are you one of those? Sh- shouldn't. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, are you one of those Chenault truthers? No, LaVisca should not Ooh. be in your lineup. That's what I say. I'm a Marvin Jones guy, though, yeah. so I have that bias already ingrained in me. But no, I, I'm not messing with LaVisca. I agree. The, the targets, for anybody who's a big target person, obviously opportunity is everything. But uh, when you're targeted just like three yards uh, from the line of scrimmage, not necessarily great boom potential for your fantasy football leagues. And we're here to give you boom, baby. Josh Jacobs, running back for the Raiders, did not practice on Wednesday. They play against the Dolphins this week. I'm not loving it. You know, no. I don't really want to mess with that. But keep an eye on his injury status. If he plays, you know, I guess plug him in if you have to. Evan- no, you don't plug him in if you have to. <laughs> no, wait, no. Okay, Evan Ingram practiced in a limited capacity on Wednesday. He's still dealing with that calf strain. He could possibly play this week. You know, tight ends, just like every other year, they've been gross. Um, unless you've had the Darren Waller, the Travis Kelsey, or TJ Hawkinson. Kate yeah, baby. We didn't even talk about that. Uh, we got to give you props for that. I mean, it really has looked so good in two weeks. It has. It's looked great. Evan Ingram, you might want to go pick up. Daniel Jones has been just fine. We're going to talk about him a little bit later. He's been on fire, actually. And... Uh, you know, there's targets to go around in that offense. So go pick him up if he's on your waiver wire. Keep Good an, matchup. Yeah. Good matchup this week if he plays. Yep. Against the Falcons. I like it. Deontay Johnson, knee injury, did not practice Wednesday. It looked bad, but apparently it's not bad. He gets a ton of targets. Uh, if he plays, I'm probably just going to play him. But, dude, I, I cannot believe he's just fine. I It was a very weird um, sort of injury. It looked horrific. But then... The words coming out of the Steelers have been kind of fine. So it's a little bit odd. Jake, uh, as a non-Steelers fan, would you play Deontay Johnson this week knowing he's dealing with this knee injury there against the Bengals? Yeah, I'd I'd still be fine starting him up because the targets are going to be there for him. Like, I can't imagine that he's only healthy enough to be a decoy or something like that because of the way they've been talking about it. So, yeah, I'm very comfortable doing that. Cool. Elijah Mitchell did not practice on Wednesday with his shoulder injury. Trey Sermon 
also was limited. I guess he technically got a practice in with a concussion. I mean, he got demolished. He got murdered on that tackle. It looked bad. Moided. I, I don't want to start either of them. Like the Packers are a fine defense to play running back against, but I don't. I don't want to deal with this backfield right now. It's and- a headache. You have to own seventeen different running backs to have one running back with this backfield. We no. saw Elijah Mitchell get all of the carries last week, but he wasn't doing anything against the Eagles. The Eagles are a much better defense than the Lions were in week one. That's what I was saying about Elijah Mitchell before everyone was putting down all their money on him. Like, yeah, he did well against the worst rush defense in the league. Like, let's let's maybe see what he can do against a normal defense, and it was not anything. But he did get all the workload, which is good to see. T. Higgins is randomly day-to-day with an injury, but Zach Taylor won't tell us what it is. Uh, he missed practice today. Um, and, yeah, Zach Taylor just said he's day-to-day. Don't know what that means. Why do I feel like Zach Taylor is just, like, harnessing in on – like, you know those, like, mall security guards who take their jobs too seriously and just sort of nitpick <laughs> at all of the teenagers walking around the mall? Like, this is what Zach Taylor feels like. He's he's let the power go to his head. Like, he doesn't have much else going for him with Cincinnati. So all he has left <laughs> is to not disclose injuries – um, we, the folks need to know because he did leave, uh, what was that, week one with severe cramping, had to go in for an IV mid-game, came back. But questions. Yeah. I like this matchup for him as well. The Steelers are down a lot of defensive players. Joe Hayden's dealing with that groin injury. We'll see if he plays. But uh, Jamar Chase, if T. Higgins is out, woo, and Tyler Boyd gets a bump as well. But I like T. Higgins and Chase in this game. Hopefully Higgins can play. Justin Fields is going to start woo, against woo, the Browns woo. this week. Very excited to see that happen. But all the marbles lay right here, right? If Fields plays well, you can't go back to Andy Dolan. I don't care what Matt Nagy says he's going to do. If Justin Fields yep. plays bad. Then he has an excuse to go back to Dalton, and he will because he's Matt Nagy. So if you're wanting Justin Fields to be the starter for fantasy and just for all the other pieces, he has to have a good game. It's kind of a hard matchup against the Browns in Cleveland. And what he did against Cincinnati, not overly encouraging. Uh, 13 pass attempts, 6 completions, 46% completion rate, 277 Passer rating for the game. Yeah. Wolf. Against the Bengals. Yeah, but I'm choosing to look at this like he got some playing time now. He can get the nerves shaken out for that game. And hopefully he'll come in with his first official start and do much, much better things, at least with the rushing boost that he could give you. Like, I'm still comfortable starting him above probably half the quarterbacks out there right now. um, With this first game. And I know the Browns aren't the best matchup, but I think it's enough for that boost that he'll give you. Like, I'd rather start him over guys like Matt Ryan. What about over Baker Mayfield in the same game? Yes, absolutely. I would rather oh. start him over Baker. Yeah, because the upside. OBJ <laughs> will play. Yucky, yucky, yuck. Um, it's very weird to me <laughs> that they announced that he's playing so soon since last week they announced he was out on Wednesday. It's like if he was that far away from playing where like he couldn't even be a game-time decision, now just this week he's fine. It all seems weird to me. Jarvis Landry's out. Say whatever you want, but Baker Mayfield's stats with OBJ on the field are absolutely atrocious compared to when he's out because he tries to force feed OBJ. 
it was good luck. I don't know. But, Tell us how you're really You guys cool. like OBJ, so. I like OBJ. The yeah, but player, with Landry out. Yeah. I, I mean, in a PPR, he's going to get targets. Um, for I, a lot of interceptions. Maybe for a lot of interceptions. But also, this is a different Baker, Baker Mayfield. Because Baker. he's better without OBJ. That's why he's a different Baker Mayfield. Ob- <laughs> Baker Mayfield was very good before OBJ arrived. Remember? We were all like, oh, my God, OBJ finally has a good quarterback. And then I hope OBJ puts up four touchdowns I, uh, this week, just because I face. would love to come back. He likely will, because anytime I hate on a player, they show me up. Uh, Antonio Brown's <laughs> on the COVID nineteen list. Watch out for that. He can still come back uh, before the game time, but just keep an eye on that. And then Tua Tagovailoa is out this week with fractured ribs. I don't want any piece of Jalen Waddle or Will Fuller or Devonte Parker with Jacoby Brissett as quarterback. Not saying one of them can't have a good game. I just I don't want to deal with that. I just really don't. I mean, the Dolphins looked atrocious. I, they looked atrocious before Tua came out of the game, but like they don't look good. Yikes. Yeah, that's the news and notes. But before we get into our scrumptious starts, we we have some players to discuss, right? Because we are through two weeks. People are starting to get nervous about their players they drafted early, and we need to decide: Are these studs that we drafted are they stuck in the mud or are they just a dud are they going to overcome it or what and I I think that is an important question to ask about this first guy Jonathan Taylor running back 23 through the season so far again only two weeks a lot can change do we think that his workload's going to increase or, you know, he's finally going to get into the end zone. What's going on here, Jake? Are you confident in starting Taylor every week? I'm not. And it's it's not even really about JT right now. It's more about, like, who's going to be their starting quarterback with uh, Carson Glass ankles out there <laughs> and maybe not out there? And then is it Jacob Eason season that we have to deal with. And that that's intimidating to me, considering all the woes he's already had. And now you put that into the mix. I don't feel great about it. And I am Hines is being much more of a bugaboo than I thought he would be <laughs> at this point in the season. So, yeah, I don't feel great, but you don't have a lot of options. So I feel like he, you know, you have to start him. He's kind of starting how he did last year, right? Like he's got 17, 15 carries, but he's only averaging 3.3 yards per carry. It's kind of what he did last year until the end of the year when he broke out. It was one of those things where it's like Jonathan Taylor just doesn't look all that good. But, you know, he's getting carries near the end zone. He just needs to get in. I think he'll end up being fine. But if you took him early, it doesn't feel good. And you have to just keep playing him. Another second-year player, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, running back 46 on the week or on the year. Kate, what are you doing with him? Are you still plugging him in every week with confidence? With confidence? Um, <laughs> no. Um, but it, I, I think overall, um, I am still encouraged. It's not like this offense looks bad. Uh, the target share is a little bit discouraging. Last week, they just had like just weird touchdowns all around. I feel like I'm making excuses for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but I mean he's he's playing. I feel uh, he's like on we, the field. If he's we touching shut our eyes, if we did not know where he was drafted, and we did not know what he did in college, 
And we just, you know, saw this year and last year, we'd be like, no, this isn't a guy we want on our fantasy teams, right? I love Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but the numbers are gross. Jake, like, how are you still plugging this guy in? 14 carries week one, 13 Who carries. Who are you starting over him? Anyone else, honestly. I J.D. Mean, McKissick. Maybe. I mean. Mm. Uh-uh. What are you? Oh. What'd you no. I, I, <laughs> I will still play CH. I'm a big fan of his, and I think he'll okay. overcome this. But I am getting frustrated with his workload, and he's not getting targets. It's like this is what he's supposed to be doing. He's a great pass-catching back. No one else in this offense has stepped up as the third pass catcher it's not like it's like oh this guy broke out it's not like oh hardman broke out no it's just kelsey and hill and it's still he's not getting any targets still three targets this season he had zero targets last week and these are very high scoring games like it doesn't make any sense and that's fair too you know the targets are definitely going to be a concern there i'm you know i'm looking at him as a matchup dependent RB2 right now rather than sort of a solidified RB2 like he was coming into the season. So I think there are still good matchups for him to take advantage of. I'm going to talk about him just a little bit later, BTW. Uh, But yeah, it's not an auto start situation. Gotcha. Saquon Barkley running back 47 on the year. I'm personally not worried about this whatsoever. I thought he was going to get off to a slow start. That's what everyone who drafted him should have thought. I mean, he is overcoming a pretty bad knee injury. Uh, he played 84% of the snaps last week. Um, you know, people are like, oh my God, he had all of his yards on one carry. It's like, that's who he's been his entire career. Anytime you watch the game, he gets all of his yards on one or two carries. And the rest of the time he gets stuffed behind the line. I mean, I've said for the last three years, I would never want this dude on my team as a rusher. I think, I, I don't think he's a good running back. He's a good weapon. Um, but he gets those chunk plays. And he's great for fantasy. And I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Um, I, he needs I to be used as a receiver more, though. But I think that will increase. I I mean, I think hopefully that should increase. But, I mean, yeah, this is exactly what you were expecting from Saquon Barkley. I think the issue comes more when he's not getting necessarily 20 touches per game. Because... It used to be that that's what you could rely on when he, he was fully to, healthy. He, he needs, needs to, to five to six to eight targets is yes. what he used to get, and that's what he needs. I don't. Know it's not where the those rushing are. attempts; yeah. it's the lack of targets. But I do think. I mean, this is a running back that you've seen be successful with Daniel Jones. I think this is. I think he's going to be fine, and maybe this is your buy low opportunity. But I do think that's going to close pretty soon. Jake. Yeah, it just seemed like those first couple of games were going to be rough sledding for him no matter what, and we should have been anticipating some setbacks here, and he wasn't going to knock our socks off right away. Between the injury and the diminished workload and between the matchups, it wasn't going to be great. I think we all expected it to be a little bit better than it was, but I do have high hopes again because the matchups ease up a little bit, and now if we can just see him get uh, worked into full beast mode, uh, for the workload, then we'll be all good. Get those thighs going, baby. One more I wanted to bring up because it was kind of two bad games, except for he scored a touchdown, so it made up for it. A.J. Brown, four receptions for 49 yards in week one, three receptions for 43 yards in week two. Nobody did anything for uh, the Titans in week one. Julio Jones and Derrick Henry went off in week two. It might be kind of hard to figure out when it's going to be A.J. Brown's week. You know they're coming. It's going to happen. 
But it might be hard to figure out. I, I want to see what happens in week three before I go full tilt on him. Uh, but definitely something to watch this weekend. Oh, full full on red alert there to see Julio Jones balling out. I think he had 100 receiving yards at halftime. Well, he kills. Um, he just he kills the Falcons on the reg. But I mean, in his career, he's going to to continue to dominate, and I, I think the better he continues to do right off the bat, that doesn't help his case uh, to get AJ Brown more involved. I just do. I think this is going to be an unpredictable uh, kind of situation yeah. for AJ Brown. All right. Let's get happy now because we just talked about a lot of bad players. Or not bad players, I shouldn't say that. A lot of bad fantasy starts to the season. But let's get into some scrumptious starts. But before we do that, we cannot forget about a bet that we made last week. Jake, you weren't here, but Kate and I made a bet. Yes, we did. (laughs) It was who would score more last week, Melvin Gordon or Javante Williams in the same backfield? Guess Ooh. what? They scored the exact same points to the decimal. To the decimal. And they both sucked, so that even makes it worse. It's not like they both went off. Um, they both sucked. If we combined them into one super duper <laughs> yes. running back, it would have been fine. So the bet was that we had a, whoever lost had to chug a white claw. So instead, we're going to chug a half a white claw each, obviously. Um, just to make it fair, you know, well, we pushed, so you still technically don't win anything when you push, but you know, Jake, um, we're going to have the you, listeners win. The listeners, the listeners get win. to watch, listen to us drink. I mean, what's better than that? <laughs> Listening to someone drink. Uh, Jake, do you have something that you can, you can drink? I feel like you should be punished. No, because, Jake should narrate with a voice. Uh, no, Jake should be punished. I didn't make any bets. He wasn't on last week's show. He abandoned right, us for his cheers. new wife. Cheers to Jake. <laughs> what I beat you. And Javante Williams. Oh, good. Look at them chase those. Oh, it goes down so smooth. Ew, no, it doesn't. They're taking it like real chomps. Oh my God. <laughs> that was my attempt at an Ooh. Irish accent. It was Michelob Ultra Seltzer. It's disgusting. It was peach pear. <laughs> why would you do, why would you pick, put that in your basket, in your cart at the grocery store? <laughs> 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 it, was a, it was with other things. I peach don't know. pear. Terrible, terrible choices here. Oh my God. I think we should just. That's it. That's, that's it for today's show. Choice. And now I'm realizing that's my <laughs> my drink for the show after this, which is not is not appetizing. All right. God bless. I want to talk <laughs> about some good quarterbacks. So let's get into our scrumptious starts of the week. <laughs> So meaty. What's not to like? Custard, good. Jam, good. Meat, good. It is delicious. It's good for me. It's a perfect way to start the day. All right, Jake, we're starting with you. Give us your first scrumptious start of the week at quarterback. I went deep. I went deep for my quarterback <laughs> scrum diddlyumptious here with Jared Goff, Whoa. who gets to play the Baltimore Ravens this week. And on paper... It looks so gross. So I apologize for any listener 
that I just uh, gave some nausea to. I understand. Nausea. But hear me out here. Jared Nausea. Jared Goff, <laughs> Jared Goff has had the 12th most passing yards. He has the 12th highest touchdown percentage in the NFL through his first two weeks. And he hasn't had necessarily cake matchups. Green Bay was a little softer than I was hoping they'd be in week two. But he played a respectable uh, San Francisco defense week one. And he's actually looking he like looks good. good. He's looking good. And he only has the two <laughs> weapons, really, you know, in DeAndre Swift and in TJ Hawkinson. But my guy, Jamal Williams, is making himself known. So that's nice to see. And Quintez Cephas, uh, a hometown Wisconsin guy. Or he played for Wisconsin. I don't Wisconsin. know where he's from. Quintez, email us and tell us where you're from. Uh, but he has looked he's okay. So basically, Goff, <laughs> Goff has had enough weapons, you know, to for fantasy purposes be very, very respectable. The Ravens have been somewhat soft against the pass, actually. They're the fifth worst uh, in terms of passing yards allowed thus far. So they've had to contend with some pretty elite tight ends up until this point, which has really led to that. But again, Hawkinson is no no uh, slouch in that area right now. So I think Goff is actually going to be on the fringe quarterback one for this week. Do you guys remember back in the day when... I made that bold prediction that Jared Goff was a top 12 fantasy quarterback. I do. I do not remember I... that. I've deleted it from my memory banks because <laughs> it was gross. Um, well, <laughs> go into that trash bin, baby, because it's coming true. Um, I was actually very angry, Jake. You had Jared Goff in the show doc before I did. So I was not able to talk about him, and I had to pivot, but it's okay. But I was very angry. But I want to. I'm so sorry. I will say I don't mind Jared Goff. I don't love this matchup against the Ravens, but I think it's scarier, like you said, on paper than it is in real life. Um, but I was off Jared Goff last week against Packers, which ended up being fine. He scored 18 fantasy points, but I thought he was going to do worse than that. Like quarterbacks do not go into Green Bay and do much at all. Last year, like no one, no quarterback went into Green Bay and scored more than 20 points. The fir- the last first last quarterback to score 20 plus fantasy points in Green Bay was Matt Ryan with 20.5 fantasy points, and Jared Goff went into there and scored 18.5. Like cool he was fine so yeah if he can do that then i'm okay playing him at home against the defense that sounds better than they actually are and Um, jared goff was not um like he moved the ball pretty pretty easily he has no wide receivers i don't know how he's doing it i don't either he had a couple of big mistakes um but he did so well comparatively to what he should have done. My scrumptious start of the week is Daniel Jones, who sounds just as gross as Jared Goff, <laughs> if not grosser. But, I mean, he's been nothing but great this year, and it looks gross. Everything he's doing looks disgusting. Don't get me wrong. But so, <laughs> somehow it's working. I, I really don't understand how it's working. What Michelle just did, have you ever had that friend who comes up to you and they're like, smell this, it's disgusting. And you're like, why would I want to smell that? And Michelle's like, start him. He's disgusting. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is this looks disgusting, but try it. It actually tastes good. And that's what I'm saying about Daniel Jones. It might look disgusting, but it's actually good. He has scored 20 plus fantasy points in each game this season in tough matchups. I mean, he's played against Denver and he's played against Washington, 
which I guess juries out on actually if these are actually good defenses. But we thought Washington was going to be a good defense this year. It hasn't looked really that much like that's happening. But still, those are a lot tougher defenses than the Falcons. We know that for sure. He put up 30 fantasy points last week against Washington. Uh, the Falcons have allowed the most fantasy points to the quarterback position since the beginning of last year. 24 fantasy points per game. This season, they have allowed both Jalen Hurts and Tom Brady to both score 29 fantasy points against them. You know, Jones is a very underrated rusher, right? Like, he's a good rushing quarterback. If if the Giants would use him in the same way as Josh Allen, I do think they could be similar rushers. Like, he is a good mobile quarterback. They just don't ask him to do it as much. But with Saquon Hurt and not fully healthy yet, they've been asking him to do that. He actually has 50 more rushing yards than Josh Allen this season. He only has 22 fewer rushing yards than Jalen Hurts. Like, he's getting it done on the ground. He has a ton of weapons around him, and this matchup is amazingly juicy. I'm starting Daniel Jones with confidence this week. Obviously not over, like, known studs, but if there's any question marks, I'm starting him for sure. Okay, so my main question for you is – if you had to compare Daniel Jones to a food, how long you've been looks, waiting for me to finish? With, you didn't even listen to. I my, did not listen. You to did not listen to what I said at all. You've been having this question in your head. What? I've been trying to think of various foods that look disgusting but taste delicious. So if Daniel Jones could be one food option for your fantasy black teams. beans i love black beans they look Ugh. disgusting oh god i don't like black i beans. think that's perfect for daniel jones to black beans <laughs> <laughs> daniel black beans jones coming at you i'm gonna go change you know how on pro football reference they have the little uh nicknames and stuff it's like <laughs> I, i'm gonna go put in Daniel Black Beans Jones. All right, let's get back on track here. Start Daniel Jones this week. Kate, give us your easy peasy start of the week at quarterback. Yeah, you guys went deep. Um, I'm in shallow waters here, guys. (laughs) But it's come to my attention that everybody is very low on this specific quarterback, which is weird because we have only had two weeks of fantasy football play. And... uh, you drafted this guy pretty darn high. I am talking about Justin Herbert, who is currently ranking as the quarterback 22. Wantomp. Disappointing. Disappointing, yeah. Um, but among quarterbacks, like every everything that you want out of Justin Herbert, he's basically giving you, except for that high touchdown rate that he had last season. When you look at... His, his rates of dropbacks, pass attempts, completions, third most, third most, third most, third most first downs. He's getting his team into scoring positions. Fourth in passing yards, 12th in completion rates. He is tied for the third most drops, so he's got plenty of situations that aren't helping him on the other end. Ranking second among quarterbacks in red zone rushing attempts. Every single play, it feels like he was about to score a touchdown. Boom, penalty. Boom penalty. Those don't show up on the stat sheet. Uh, If you look at PFF, they are able to rank out. They rank out every single play. So whether or not it resulted in a, you know, a penalty or not. Out of all quarterbacks this season, he is ranked most highly as a quarterback on his plays ending in penalty. Um, I, I think he's looked fantastic. He's looked the part. It's just not shown up on the stat sheet yet. 
He gets the Chiefs this week. It should be a boat race. They have allowed the fifth most points as a defense to the NFL. There's going to be plenty of scoring. They've allowed the most yards, the highest yards per attempt by a mile, 7.6 yards per touch, which the next highest is Baltimore with 6.9. There's going to be plenty of, of positive regression here for Justin Herbert. It really, it comes down to the touchdown rate. Last year, he had a 5.2% touchdown rate, and right now he's sitting at 23 which is quite low. Oh, yeah. And That's that, going to bounce back. That will bounce back for sure. You start him 100%. All right, Jake, you're running back. Scrumptious start of the week. Give it to us. It's gross, again, because running backs are gross right now, and it needs to be talked about, <laughs> aside from, like, four guys. But Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I know we talked about him up front, and I'm not going to go into this too much. He has a great matchup against the Chargers. Fifth worst against the rush in terms of yards so far over these first couple of games. CEH has also been dealing with an injury that happened to pop up a few weeks ago with a timetable of about a few weeks of recovery. And it feels like maybe he's just been playing through something that he shouldn't have to be playing through, but he slogged it out. And now we're at the end of that recovery timetable. My hope is just that with the combination of matchup and his natural talent, which I still believe is there. He's getting the rushing attempts. He's not getting the targets. If he can even just get a handful of targets, he will be great in this matchup. And I totally agree with you. And I totally forgot about his injury. That's a that's a good point. Because I felt I feel like he looks good out there and then the stats aren't he looks saying so. Decisive. He looks yeah. Uh, I think no one else in that backfield's getting any receptions either. So it's not like anyone's stealing it. It's just We'll see what happens there, but I do think you still need to play him this week. My scrumptious start of the week is Tyson. I don't. It's Tyson. Tyson. Kate tells me it's Tyson. Williams. Tyson. Tyson. You said it was Son. No, I didn't. Oh my gosh! You're trying to make me look like an idiot on purpose. Tyson. I guess it worked. Williams <laughs> versus the Lions. Uh, Twenty-seven touches. That's it so far through two weeks. That's rushes and receptions. 27. But he has 187 scrimmage yards on those 27 touches and has scored 30 fantasy points so far this season. To compare, he has half of Joe Mixon's touches so far. Joe Mixon has 54 touches so far this season. You can cross off your bingo card. That's fine. Um, They've scored (laughs) basically the same amount of fantasy points. Tyson Williams has 30 fantasy points. Joe Mixon has 34. Actually, it's Tyson. Tyson Williams. Oh, my goodness. So uh, Mixon's only scored four more fantasy points and double the touches. Among 30 players with 20-plus <laughs> rushing attempts, uh, Williams is averaging the third most yards per carry in the NFL, 6.5, behind only his quarterback, Lamar Jackson, and Nick Chubb. Like, he, he's doing his thing. Anyone in this backfield would do their thing, but Williams is doing his thing. Uh, the Lions just are terrible against the rush. A lot of the most fantasy points, the running back position. Like, Alexander Ma- Madison had 95 rushing yards and a touchdown last year. Elijah Mitchell, 104 yards and a touchdown. Jordan Wilkins, 89 yards and a touchdown. Keyshawn Vaughn, 62 yards. Like, that's just hilarious because I don't even think he has another yard. He which yard. should not be named. <laughs> has another yard against anyone else but yeah you start your your tyson i cannot say his name so i'm never gonna bring him up again in this podcast williams let's go 
Kate, who is your scrumptious start of the week? All right, at running back, I am going here with a, a running back who is not the sexiest splash play, but man, oh man, is he getting a decent target share. I'm talking about James White running back for the New England Patriots. Uh, we saw in week one their their main dudes. We, we saw Damian Harris cost them the game with a big-time fumble. We saw Ramondre Stevenson uh, blow up some some pass blocking situations. He also screwed up. And guess what? The one running back they seem to be pretty happy with is James White. In week two, he played half of the Patriots' offensive snaps, which was the highest snap share among all of the Patriots' running backs. He's clearly got a rapport with Mac Jones. In the first two weeks alone, he has seen a 19.4% target share. That is comparable to wide receivers. Um, that is like what you want out of a wide receiver. Plus, he's getting a couple of, uh, you know, maybe five carries a game to to top that off. Last week, he got the rushing touchdown, but that target share is the third highest among all running backs in fantasy football right now. He currently ranks as the RB12 in full PPR formats. The ceiling doesn't feel super high, uh, but... Let's look at the matchup. The Saints, we know they are very tough against the run. I can envision them plugging James White into this offense and just using him as a receiver and just having him rack up those PPR points this week. I love James White, but I do want to give an honorary nomination. If Dalvin Cook is out, I do love Alexander Madison's potential against the Seahawks. I am not a fan of starting Madison this week. It just it feels like every time Cook is a little bit banged up, we get excited about Madison and then he does absolutely nothing. Like, nope, it comes down watch to Watch Amir Rose or whatever his name is go off. CJ Ham. Yeah. His name is CJ Ham. No. no. The Hamburglar. The Hamburglar. No, Alexander Madison. If like, let's say Dalvin Cook is out because he did come in and out. Although he'll be fine. That's it's not even worth it. He's gonna play. He's gonna be fine. Jake, start your Dalvin Cooks. <laughs> Who is your wide receiver <laughs> scrum to start of the week? I'm going with my guy Marv here. Oh Marv, <laughs> oh Marvin Jones. He gets to play the Cardinals. Uh, very beatable secondary. They're more respectable than I thought they would be. Uh, at this point in the season, but still nothing to be scared of. And Marvin has been clearly the best wide receiver on that Jaguars team, in my opinion. And it's not particularly close, as the kids say. Um, he is in the top 12 in targets amongst all pass catchers thus far. And he's one of only two players that have a 100% target share in the red zone. Uh, him and T. Higgins yeah. holding that down. Now, the Jags have only had three red zone plays <laughs> in total. So take that with a little grain of salt. But Marvin has, he's looked like dominant in that offense and one of the only good bright spots there. I'm very happy firing him up as a wide receiver too this week. Uh, you know, I love Marvin Jones. You got me so on the Marvin Jones train this year. I have to thank you so much because I have him everywhere and he's doing fantastic things and he's definitely the wide receiver one for that offense. Uh, so definitely love that pick. Also, fun note, um, did you guys see that little picture that the Jaguars tweeted out with the quote from Urban Meyer saying like, don't worry, Jags fans, we're going to get through this. Uh, but they, they posted a picture of the sideline where it, it clearly looked like all the players were uh, doing like the, um, you know, the national anthem. 
and linking arms. And I don't know if you guys noticed who was linking arms with Trevor Lawrence, but it was Marvin Jones. It was. Oh, it so wasn't. Besties. It wasn't no other. That's receiver. the connection. It was not Lavisca. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It was not Lavisca. My scrumptious start of the week needs to apparently be better friends with Russell Wilson, but not really because his target share is just fine. It's DK Metcalf against the Vikings this week. Listen, I know DK Metcalf has not done what we wanted him to do with his draft cost. And Tyler Lockett is stealing all of the fun that we want DK Metcalf to be having. But so far through the season, when we're looking at top target shares, their team's you know, the, the the players with the most target share on their team, DK Metcalf is tied for fifth on the season. It goes Cooper Cup, 38%. Debo Samuel, 36%. Brandon Cooks, another Jake guy, 35%. Deontay Johnson, woo-woo, 31%. And then DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are tied at fifth in the NFL at 29.63%. Identical target shares on the season. It's just Tyler Lockett have gone for deep passes, 12 receptions, 278 receiving yards, and three receiving touchdowns for Lockett. Now Metcalf's 16 targets, same amount of Lockett's, 10 receptions, 113 receiving yards, and one receiving touchdown. It's going to come for him. It's going to be fine. The Vikings have allowed a ton of fantasy points to the wide receiver position since the beginning of last year, fifth most. They allowed guys like Rondell Moore and Jamar Chase to both have 100 receiving yards and a touchdown this year. They've allowed a touchdown to T. Higgins and to DeAndre Hopkins and to A.J. Green. Again, this is all the season. There's only been two weeks. Like, there's so much to go around in this offense. I think Tyler Lockett and D.K. Metcalf are both great starts this week. But I am feeling that this week is a DK Metcalf week. And we might see Tyler Lockett a little bit disappointed. Okay. Do you have any concern, though, for the fact that I, like the average depth of target is so different? So you mentioned they have the same number of targets. like They almost have the same stat line except for all of the yards and all of the touchdowns. I mean, it comes down to average depth of target. Yeah, but DK can be a deep guy, too. It'll, it'll Obviously, he can be a deep guy, but... You're looking at a wide receiver quarterback duo who has essentially had a perfect passer rating. Listen, Ty- I was just kidding. Like Tyler Lockett's going to have a great game too. Okay. I just also think DK Metcalf's going to have a good game. Kate, who is your scrumptious start of the week? I'm going to piggyback on Daniel Jones, baby. I'm going with Sterling Shepard versus the Atlanta, Fal- Atlanta Falcons. 19 targets in the first two weeks, 16 catches. 207 receiving yards? What? And now they get Atlanta? They've allowed four different wideouts, performances of 14 or more PPR points. And that's just through two weeks. I feel like right now, at least until maybe uh, Evan Ingram, we know he usually gets a big target share from Daniel Jones. Until he's reintegrated in the offense, I feel like Shepard's Shepherd's volume is just one of the safest floors in the NFL and PPR leagues. Uh, looking at the Atlanta Falcons, they had the sixth lowest coverage grade through this season by PFF. It's upside. It is safe floor. I feel like he's just the perfect wide receiver two in week three. Yeah, I mean, and his production has gone all the way back until last season. And Evan Ingram was playing last season in week 16 and 17. 
And that's when Sterling Shepard had 77 receiving yards and a touchdown and off 12 targets. And then in week 17, he had 10 targets, 112 yards and a in a receiving touchdown, like Evan Ingram was there. Everyone's like, oh, well, as soon as Evan Ingram gets back, Sterling Shepard's going to be gone, like not get as many targets. It's like, this is now four straight games where he's scored a lot, a lot of fantasy points, especially in PPR. Like he should be in your lineups until he proves us wrong. Yeah, I like that. I slept on him so hard and I hate myself for it. I I wrote (laughs) Sterling Shepard off entirely for this year and now I'm ruining the day. Jake, so uh, we all drafted in person at Draft Night Out um, during the fantasy convention this summer. Kate uh, was off, you know, talking with someone during her last pick. We couldn't find her. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pick Sterling Shepard for her because he's here. This is a great pick. She came back to the board. It was the last pick, so no one else picked yet. She's like, oh my God, I don't want Sterling Shepard. And she went and put uh, Marquez Callaway over him. She took off her Sterling Shepard sticker and put Marquez Callaway on. uh, Berated me because I would ever pick Sterling Shepard for her. Uh, How are you feeling about that? To be fair. We all thought Callaway was going to be a thing. Well, to be apparently, fair, apparently I thought Shepard was better than Callaway, so I'm smart. <laughs> to be fair, um, I did project. So I was on the Yahoo Fantasy Football podcast like a couple of weeks before the season with my idol, Liz Loza, and we talked about slow starts. And Marquez Callaway was my clear-cut, like very slow start player. I do think the schedule eases up, so I'm still holding him. Leave him alone. All right, all right. <laughs> but he's also droppable if, if there's better options. <laughs> he's if Sterling Shepard is out there, you should drop Marquez Galloway for him. <laughs> Jake, who is your tight end scrumptious star of the week? I kind of cheated here a little bit. I did not go super deep with this one, but it's a guy I just want to instill some confidence in for the listeners. It's Kyle Pitts. If you expected him to be the unicorn coming out of the gate, just destroying defenses left and right, you are disappointed right now. Even though he is the tight end eight in PPR formats, it does not feel that way um, because we wanted so much from him. But a lot of things are working in his favor this week. He gets a matchup against the Giants, have allowed the third most fantasy points to tight ends thus far. Small sample size, I know. Um, He also doesn't have to deal with much competition. Russell Gage, as much competition as he was, is week to week. Looks like he's going to be out. Um, Pitts should be a big focal point here this week. And he's done well, by the way. In terms of just what Pitts has done, he has had the fourth most targets amongst tight ends. He's had the fifth most receptions and receiving yards. And he's had good air yards. He's had everything. It just hasn't come together for him quite yet. I think this week is when we start to sniff that breakout. I like that. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing the target share there for him. We're seeing the routes run. Fourth most routes run among tight ends. Yeah. All of them. He's doing his thing. And it's Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts in that offense. Russell Gage was never a thing, but he's definitely not a thing. And now he's injured. Um, So it's Pitts and it's Ridley. Uh, Matt Ryan needs to pick it up, of course. But yeah, I, I, I like that. Mine is your dude, Jared cook versus the chiefs and now i picked him last week you weren't here um and you know what he didn't end up being that great three receptions for 28 yards but he had a touchdown called back for a very ticky tacky call like it was stupid so if he had four receptions 
for 30 yards and a touchdown, that's a very solid game for a tight end. That's like 12 points there, and you're happy, right? Um, I, I just the Chiefs are not good against the tight end position. They've actually allowed the fifth most fantasy points to the tight end position since the beginning of last year. 14.6 points per game allowed. Um, we saw Njoku, David Njoku, who, yeah, if you don't remember that name, it's been a while since you heard it. He had 76 receiving yards against the Chiefs in week one. Mark Andrews last week, you know, he's a big name, but he doesn't really do that well very often. He had five receptions for 57 receiving yards against the Chiefs. Last year, Hunter Henry for the Chargers, that Jared Cook took his job now, right? Hunter Henry left. Six receptions for 83 yards last year against the Chiefs in this one game that he played. Jared Cook, like he has 15% of the target share, which is plenty solid for a guy that has two amazing wide receivers on his team and a running back that's a pass catcher. Like, give me 15%. He should get a touchdown this week. He should see targets. Like, I'm happy still plugging Jared Cook into my lineup. I like that. I, I just, I like the potential within that offense. And guess what? You are pairing him with my sleeper quarterback. Sleeper quarterback, Justin Herbert. Woo. Yeah, I am. We should just pair everybody with Justin Herbert. Mike Williams. <laughs> you get a target. You get a Kate touchdown. Nailing. You get a touchdown. <laughs> All right, Kate, your uh, sleeper tight end, or not sleeper, your scrumptious tight end of the week is scaring me a little bit. Uh, You could call him a sleeper. You could call him a sleeper. I apparently am just going for sleepers at the tight end position. Jake, you weren't here last week. I called for James O'Shaughnessy. He's now on IR, so uh, I jinxed him there for sure. He had one reception. David Njoku. I'm going with David Njoku versus the Bears. Uh, The Bears have not been overly tight in terms of their coverage within the secondary. Jarvis Landry is out. The Browns lead the league in target share to the tight end position. They're targeting the tight ends uh, at a rate of like 48%, which is ridiculous. Um, It's so far ahead of the next team. He's just, Baker Mayfield is utilizing the tight end position so heavily. He is getting Austin Hooper in there. He's, He's getting in Harrison Bryant. But David Njoku is the one that looks to me um, like the the best tight end uh, with my eyes. So if I'm picking between guys with similar target shares, I will take David Njoku. Odell Beckham Jr., uh, we expect him to be active, but I still think Baker Mayfield is going to keep these tight ends involved. And David Njoku has just, he's he's been well utilized. I, I like the matchup. Okay. Um, it makes me a little nervous, but you know what? You might need I'm them. here to make you nervous. There's a lot of bad tight ends, and you <laughs> might need to pick up David and Joku and play him. Who knows? It's a what the heck tight end. If you're straining. It's a what the heck. Hey, what the heck? Let's hey. put him in. Let's see what he does, just in case. That's what the tight end position is. It is. It really, it really is. It's terrifying. Now, we've been nice enough to all these players. We need to talk about a guy that we are nervous about this week that we don't really want to plug into our lineups. We might still do it, but we don't want to. Jake, who is that one guy for you this weekend that you're just like, ugh, he's just, I don't feel good about him. Man, it is Damien Harris. 
I think there's still an expectation for Damian Harris because he's getting, you know, the lion's share of the Belichick backfield for once. And so we have this clear number one front runner, which we're not used to seeing with the Patriots. And so folks are still a little bit excited about it. I'm not at all. And it's partly about what Kate was talking about with James White. Like the targets are going to be going to that guy. And we know that that guy is going to be getting the target. So what you have here is a glorified Ronald Jones. Um, And that, to me, going against the Saints is not what I want to have in my flex even, really. I mean, I will if I'm forced to because running back again has been a little bit rough here. So you're probably going to be forced to to play a guy like Damian Harris. But without a touchdown, I'm not expecting anything big at all from him against the Saints. Yeah, it's a rough matchup. And Jake, what do you think about my James White pick earlier then? Um, Would you rather start James White or Damian Harris this week? I would rather start James White because of the targets there. That's And it's the only saving grace that that I'd be looking for. And yeah, so without that, then I'm kind of out. But yes, if I had to pick just one, I would be going James White for sure. Agree there. I like Damian Williams or Damian Harris, and he was fine last week um, against the Jets. It's like, yeah, this is just a hard matchup, and he has to get in the end zone. So he's like, yeah, pretty much exactly Ronald Jones, except... Um, he doesn't fumble and drop every pass that's ever given to him. <laughs> Put that on your bingo card. Bingo card for sure. Uh, <laughs> my fate of the week, this one hurts me, uh, Antonio Gibson versus the Buffalo Bills. You know, I have Antonio Gibson in a couple leagues. I've had high hopes for him going into his second year. So far, it has not been, you know, it hasn't been looking promise, promising. 11.8 points in week one with 23 touches against the Chargers. Like, you, you would hope for more than that with 23 touches. Last week, his touches went down from 23 to 15, scored 9.3 points. You know, McKissick, it, it looked like he finally got rid of him. It was like, oh, cool. It's just the Antonio Gibson show. Like, McKissick is out. It's just Gibson. He's going to get targets. It's like, nope. In week two, McKissick got pretty much all of the receiving work, five receptions, 483 receiving yards. Like, he proved also like I'm good for this offense and it's true like JD McKissick a touchdown yeah he's good for this offense as much as we might hate it for fantasy it's like Washington football team doesn't care about fantasy another one of my my bold ballsy takes this year just yeah you like JD yeah just saying and the Bills have looked good on defense like they've looked well improved from last year uh, and they've been very stingy against the run. Najee Harris had 45 rushing yards on 16 attempts. Miles Gaskin only had 25 rushing yards last week. Like those are the leaders so far against the Bills defense. It's 45 rushing yards from one player, 25 from another. I Gibson's going to need to get those yards on the ground because McKissick is taking all of those that receiving work. And I just don't know how many carries there are to go around to him this week. If they have to keep up with the Bills' offense, which, you know, they haven't been amazing either. I mean, I guess they did just murder the Dolphins. But Josh Allen hasn't been amazing. I'll How say rude. that. Who would want to murder a Dolphin? <laughs> but <laughs> I, I don't feel great about this. He's going to have to get into the end zone to just give you a, a decent fantasy week. I don't love relying on that for just a decent fantasy week. I'm still going to plug him in, but I don't like it. I don't like it. Jake, do you agree with me there? Yeah, I don't like it. 
And, and I wouldn't, I could force myself to like it if I had to, Yeah. I guess. This is one of those situations. Again, it's like, uh, your your roster may not be able to handle <laughs> your your distaste here, and you might just have to, to do it. But no, if I have really any other option, I'm, I'm out. You know what's a bummer, though? Watching the games, uh, I don't really have any Antonio Gibson on any of my rosters because I figured J.D. McKissick is going to be a problem. That was my projection. Watching the games, I'm so sad that I don't have Antonio Gibson on my rosters. He looks incredible. Oh, it's he just looks not great. it's not translating to yeah. fantasy, and yeah. that's what's disappointing. Kate, who is your fade of the week? All right, I'm fading any of the Rams running backs. I don't want y'all to get too hopeful. Daryl Henderson suffered a rib injury last week. He does have a chance to play, even if he doesn't. I do not want you guys cashing in on the waiver wire to go grab Sony Michelle, Jake Funk, because guess what? They're playing the Bucks defense, and it don't matter, honey. It don't matter how many times you touch the ball, you are not going to be running versus the Bucks. Like, not only does uh, their their rushing defense not give you the opportunity to run, but game script with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers does not give you the opportunity to run the ball. I'm out on all of these running backs. I just think like Cooper Cup, uh, third consecutive, like another, or would it be the second consecutive wide receiver one week? Cooper Cup be cooking. Cooper Cup! <laughs> Cooper Cup! Cooper Cup! Cooper Cup is going to be all over this game uh, for sure. So I, and yeah, why would you want to do that to yourself? Start a running back against the Bucks. Don't, have more self-respect but you know for yourself we, and don't start that. We do this um, to ourselves though. We get so excited. Can we, we just talk more about Cooper Cup and Cooper how much Cup. I talked about him all off season long and he's killing it. You heard Listen, it here first. You're a big fan. I, I was wrong about many things already, but I'm going to just bask in this Cooper Cup. Uh, love because, <laughs> but also Daryl Henderson has been killing it. I almost hope he sits out this game mm. and recovers because I don't want to play him anyways against the Bucks. I want his ribs to recover. Uh, so sit out because it's a terrible matchup. But he is one of two running backs so far this year that has 75 plus scrimmage yards and a touchdown in both games. It's him and it's Nick Chubb. Those are the only two running backs. So he's doing his thing in fantasy. I love Daryl Henderson as well, but I don't want to play him this week with an injury, and I don't want to play anyone against the Bucks. So just sit out, bud. Just sit out. So to be clear, you were no. not. If you roster Daryl Henderson, you were not playing him. No, and I roster him in a, basically every single league because I love him. Uh, so Except I, for the I ones. had him before the Cam Akers injury, uh, and it just worked out that you know that I got to play him and start him. But no, I'm not starting him this week. Out of any of these guys, if I really had to, it would be like Antonio Gibson by a hundred that I would start any three of these. But even that feels gross. So just running backs, you guys. Best <laughs> of luck, good. guys. Good luck in week three. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. No, we gave a lot of great ones too. Uh, but I'll have my Fire and Ice uh, article out Thursday morning. So make sure to go check that out on ballblastfootball.com at hits on every single player in every single game. So if you want to know who, what I think about each guy, are they are a great play, bad play, you know, a guy you should fade, go check that out. Uh, also, a ton of other great articles on that site as well. Again, that's ballblastfootball.com. Go give all of our writers lots of love. Again, I'm your host, Michelle. You can find me at ballblastem, ballblastem. You can find me, Kate, on Twitter at FFBallblast. 
You can find me, Jake, at Jake Trowbridge with a W. Good luck in week three. If you're 0-2, you're going to be 1-2. Keep your head up. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week's Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave those five-star reviews, and check out ballblastfootball.com for more league-winning advice.